Amazon continues to charge ahead with connected home devices. Uh, They came out a few months back with the Echo that allows you to say vocal commands and do everything from turning on your lights to telling you the day's sports scores. Uh, Then they came out with the Echo View. That's an Echo with a video screen. And the reports are that Amazon wants to use this as a new way to sell you clothing. Uh, uh, They take your photo so you can see how good you look. And then you can say, "Well, well, show me with a new sweater. And the photo will morph into you with a new sweater that just happens to be sold by Amazon. Or you could say, show me with that hoodie, and it will show you in a hoodie. Uh, you can see how you look in all the new fall fashions. Or in my case, you can run and hide behind the couch and never come out again. <laughs> they say clothes make the man. Fortunately, that's not true. Paul took a very good look at himself, and he didn't like what he saw. In Romans chapter 7 Verse 14 and following, Paul describes what he sees when he looks at himself. We'll start with verse 15 where he writes, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Paul took a long close look at his life, and he did not like what he saw. He had participated in the execution of innocent people. How could God ever forgive that? And so he writes in verse 24, What a wretched man I am! Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be To God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In the midst of his despair, as he looks at himself, as he he can't stand what he sees, Paul discovers the answer. He could see himself differently in Christ. We can do the same. Jesus changes Who we are. The realization of who we are is devastating. Sometimes when a passage of Scripture is is so familiar, we can forget its impact. That can be true of two passages of Scripture in in the book of Romans. Romans 3.23 and 6.23. For those of us who've grown up in church, we've heard those verses A million times. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We've heard those verses over and over and over again. Paul wrote those verses. And no doubt he had preached the truths that are contained in those verses countless times. But he did not want to ever lose the impact of the reality those verses describe. Romans chapter 7 is his reminder, his note to himself. Lest he or we ever forget the destructive nature of sin, Paul remembers 
Chapter 7, verse 21. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law at sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? I think we all can relate to what Paul's writing here. We've all been there. We want to do the right thing. And yet we find ourselves making the exact wrong choice. And we look back and we wonder, what was I thinking? Paul draws this inner conversation to its logical conclusion. What a wretched man I am. He takes a look at himself and he can't stand what he sees. The word for wretched is a strong word. It describes great distress and enormous suffering. In the Old Testament, the term was used to describe the misery and the distress the wicked brought upon themselves. And that's the word that Paul uses to describe himself. As he looks at his own life. And if that wasn't strong enough, Paul goes one step further. Who will deliver me from this body of death? He finds himself trapped in the stronghold of sin. He can't figure out any way to escape. In his letter to Timothy that we know of as 1 Timothy, he describes it in these terms. Verse 15, he writes, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. King James Version translates that as the chief of sinners. And the realization was devastating for Paul. No matter how hard he struggled, he couldn't find the solution. As a Pharisee, his whole life had been wrapped up in keeping the law of God. And as he looks back on all of that effort that he made, he looks at that and realizes how far he fell from God's perfect law. Paul looked in the mirror and he didn't like what he saw. I have had multiple cowlicks since I was a kid. I've got a pretty good one going this morning. When I was growing up, I'd get up and look in the mirror, and I, I looked like a punk rocker who'd gone through a washing machine after a tornado, just following a hurricane. You get the idea. My, my hair just stuck out all over the place. Fortunately, as I've gotten older, I've, I've just come to peace with my cowlicks. If they stick out, so be it. You know, if you cut it short enough, nobody can tell anyway. And besides, it's going to get gray and fall out after all, so I just don't worry about it. Paul couldn't do that with his sin. The more he looked at what a mess he had made of his life, the more he couldn't stand it. And he couldn't ignore it. He couldn't allow his life to stay in the same state, but he was absolutely helpless to change it. All he could do was cry out, what a wretched man I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? 
The realization of who we are is devastating, but it is essential. If you're in a boat that is sinking, it's much better to learn that truth before you're at the bottom of the ocean. The horrifying tragedy is there are folks in our world that don't realize the danger they're in. They have no idea of their need for Christ because nobody's ever told them. They know something's wrong. They know something is missing. They're desperately trying to figure out how to fix it. But no one's told them the real solution. We must never forget the importance of missions, the necessity of sharing our faith with our community and with our world. It's why Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples of all the nations. Jesus saw the urgency. And we need to see it too. We need to see it in our own life. And then we need to see it in the world around us. The realization of who we are is devastating. And that's where verse 24 leaves us. But the Bible doesn't stop there. Knowing the depth of our need is what makes Christ's sacrifice on the cross so amazing. Paul realized his dire situation and recognized that he had brought it on himself. There was nobody else to blame And there was nowhere else to turn. And then Jesus changed everything. Look at the contrast between verse 24 and verse 25. Verse 24, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? And then verse 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Asked and answered. Paul realizes both the incredible depth of his need and the wonderful breadth of Christ's love. He vocalizes this same thanksgiving in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 where he writes, The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's no surprise that this declaration in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 comes within a passage describing the resurrection of Christ. Talk about a game changer. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything. I remember way back in the 70s when there was a a hit Broadway musical that was just Selling tickets like crazy. Everybody was buying the recording. You may remember it too. Jesus Christ Superstar. And there was a lot of discussion back in the day when that came out. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. For the most part, it actually, for a a secular production, was a fairly reverent 
presentation. Considering the time period, it had a heavy dose of dramatic license, but it presented the life of Christ in, in a surprisingly positive light. Except for one thing. It stopped one chapter too soon with the gospel account. In the musical, it had a dramatic presentation of the crucifixion. It captured the agony and the horror of that particular scene. And then that was the end of the play. I think in the movie, the actors get on a bus and drive off for some ridiculous reason. I'm so glad that's not where the Bible stops. I'm glad we have Matthew 28 and Mark 16 and Luke 24 and John 20 and 21. I'm glad we have Romans 7:25. Because I came to that same point that Paul came to in his life. I came to that point where I recognized my sinfulness before God and I cried out for rescue. And like Paul in Jesus I found the answer. This week I encourage you to take a deeper look at the difference between verse 24 and verse 25. It's a difference many of us here know this morning. A difference that has transformed our life. The difference between recognizing our sinfulness and recognizing the salvation that Jesus Christ has given us. In fact, that's why we're here celebrating today. But folks, there are people right outside these doors. Apartments across the street, houses around the neighborhoods. They're not celebrating this morning. Because they're stuck in verse 24. And sometimes they don't show it on the outside, but on the inside, they're having this exact same struggle. They take a look at their life and they don't like what they see. And, and they're trying to fix it. They're trying to find some way to fill that hole in their life. They're trying to find some way to dig themselves out of the pit in which they find themselves. But the more they dig, the farther down they go. They're desperately looking for the answer that we have in verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Heavenly Father, remind us of what we discovered when we became a believer. Across this room, there are folks who have served you fervently through their life believing life, and I thank you for them. But God, sometimes as we move through our Christian life, we forget the significant difference that you made. Perhaps we don't forget it, but we, we, we lose some of the impact of the, the profound way you changed us. So God, just as you did for Paul, help us to see that you have delivered us. So that we might praise you and glorify you for the extraordinary salvation we know in Jesus. But God, help us even go one step farther than that. Not only do we want to praise you, we want to share you with our community and with our world. For there are people all around us who are stuck in verse 24. 
who are desperately searching for an answer. And you are the answer. Heavenly Father, maybe there's someone here this morning that's in that very same predicament. They're looking for some answer in their life. They recognize something's wrong. They can relate exactly with what Paul's writing in verse 24. They don't like what they see when they look at their life. But God, help them not stop there. Help them to see there is an answer. You've provided the answer in Jesus. Make that answer shine bright this morning. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.